So what's interesting is generally we think about stocks as being forward-looking, right? Where when the forward and the future looks better, stocks go up. But as I was outlining at the top of the show, it seems like it's a little bit more complicated now. It depends what stocks are talking about. It depends uh, where their exposure to things like yields are. So how do we address an economy that seems to be improving, but that may not be perfect for stocks? Well, you're right. It, it is complicated, and not that it's ever been simple, but there's an old adage, um, stocks are seldom cheap and popular at the same time. And so although we think that we've got several stocks that are attractive, there are a lot of valuations out there that just don't quite make sense. And especially if you look at the background of what's happening with our government, um, that was last week's news, uh, what's happened with COVID. You know, vaccine distributions seem to be going fine, but on the other hand, if they're not accepted by a large majority of the U.S. population, that's terrible for the economy. And again, we've got lockdowns we've seen in Europe. Is that gonna be coming here? We're not so strident in our approach, but by the same time, that can hurt the economy. Then against that backdrop, you've got this uh, record-setting uh, stock market. This has been incredible across the board. And finally, our favorite world, the small caps, have caught up, uh, thankfully for us. But now it's a little hard to find valuations that make sense and try and buy stocks at a proper metric. George, right now, uh, it seems like uh, a lot of this stuff is just divided on along the lines of how much did you perform during this quarantine period? If you have a product or a service that was in demand during, during this period, you're probably going to be very expensive. Are there any uh, uh, exceptions to that? I mean, when you talk about being value oriented, are you mostly looking at stuff that's very far away from the companies that did well last year? Sure. Well, we try to do something, uh, try and buy something that's underappreciated, unloved, underfollowed, that sort of thing. And one of the ones that's attracted us is uh, Palomar Holdings, which is a specialty insurance company. This is more of a small mid-cap sort of stock, but they specialize in earthquake insurance. Uh, that, that pricing has been very weak in the past year. All of a sudden, that starts to firm up, and that means that they are price leaders. Uh, they're specialists in this area. And again, it's, it's important because, as I'm sure your viewers know, it's great for insurance companies to take in premiums. They can invest that money. It's when they have to do the, the payout that's really painful. In this case, these guys are very good at predicting. They're very good at marketing. And they're really the go-to guys. Palomar Insurance, I think that's one that makes perfect sense right now. It's been undervalued. And um, that's when we try to buy these, obviously. PLMR is the ticker on, on the stock, uh, Palomar, that you mentioned there. Uh, in the insurance business, do they also need to have a view on rates and risk-free rates and uh, what happens within the, uh, the bond part of the market as we see this kind of recovery being priced in in that way? You're right. That is sort of a problem because in past days, what would happen, insurance companies would take in premiums. They depend on the fixed income market and they depend on higher um, interest rates. We're at all-time lows right now with a 10-year government about 1%. That makes things a little bit more difficult for them. But again, the real problem is trying to manage what sort of liabilities they have in the future. Uh, you don't know necessarily what's going to happen with earthquakes, just as we're in New Orleans at Villery. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen with hurricanes. But you've had a, a particularly high season with hurricanes in the past, uh, in this past year. And in terms of earthquakes, although uncontrollable, they do use reinsurance to be able to lay off some of that risk. And they've been mm. very efficient in how they've done that. George, on the flip side of the interest rate spectrum, First Hawaiian uh, Bank uh, is one that you've got on your list. We've talked about this one before. Yep. The stock is really moving with the overall group. I'm just curious from the investment perspective, why pick a company within the group as opposed to just using a fund that tracks regional banks and minimize stock specific risk? 
Well, a couple of reasons. We do have mutual funds here at Villarine Company, but we've also got uh, separately managed accounts. Either way, what we try to do is to pick what we think will be the leaders going forward. And if you look at First Hawaiian, they've had different ownership structures, meaning they were just owned by a French bank, but they've had the same management in place. Again, Hawaii is, again, I think a lot of your viewers know, uh, depend on military spending and then also on tourism. Tourism is off drastically. Hawaiian visitors have dropped. But again, if you look ahead to what may happen, uh, Hawaii turn of tourism is going to come back. Uh, that means that there are jobs that will uh, reignite. That means that hotels will reopen, restaurants will be busy once again. So we're betting ahead. Meanwhile, First Hawaiian is very efficient. They have very low write-offs. Uh, they've got a 4% dividend while you wait. I guess the problem really is the stock has moved about 60% since its lows in, in September. So that's a lot of times what we're faced with. So the juice is not quite there as it once was, but looking forward, we think this is the most efficient bank that's out there. Uh, again, we think this is a great value. George, uh, finally, we talk about this group a lot. For many, they think about semiconductors as just being uh, this rock of the market for this entire bull cycle. You know, at a certain point when we were going through trying to figure out, you know, what might be exposed as we exit quarantine, at first glance, you might think semis because they did doing well, very well during this period. But it seems like this group is diversified enough that they're going to do great outside of it. They just keep rolling. Well, I think it's somewhat reminiscent of the gold rush. I'm going back a ways, maybe I'm dating myself, but it's interesting because instead of going out to get the gold, what you want to do is be in the business selling the picks and the shovels. So a lot of people may have fallen in love with Tesla. They may have fallen in love with Zoom, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But in this case, this is really the nuts and bolts. Uh, that's what On Semiconductor does. And, and notice uh, it's important that, that, that the new CEO is a guy, uh, who El Corey, who has um, a lot of experience. He was CEO of Cypress Semiconductors, which was sold out about a year ago. So bank on experience, that's important. Uh, bank on the boring picks and shovels, if you will, of on semiconductor makes a lot of sense to us.